Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's grab my Bibles and jump to Psalm 126. And we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And God is going to bless you really, really good. Yes. Amen. Psalm 126 verse 1 says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations. Now this is what the nations or the sinners said about God's people. The Lord has done great things for them. Why do you want to honor God with your finances? So that the Lord can do, th can do things in your life that are so great that even unbelievers, sinners who don't know God, will look at your life and say the very same thing. The Lord has done great things for them. And that's what I see your neighbors saying about you. That's what I see unsaved family members saying about you. That's what I see uh, other employees at work saying about you. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, get ready because God is lifting you up so that you are blessed to be a blessing. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. My friends, Jesus is still receiving the tithe right now today in heaven. What is tithing? It's the systematic giving of 10% of your income and increase. Now I use the word systematic because that means you're doing it on purpose and consistently as God instructs and not just maybe trying it once every month or something like that. And then you get no traction because it's not systematic. So tithing again is the systematic giving of 10% of your income and also not just your income but would also be increased. Let's say somebody uh, walked up to you and uh, they said, I'm, I'm your long lost uncle and I just want to be a blessing. I haven't never met you before. And here's a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So that would be not so much income that would be increase. So the tithe is 10% of your income or increase or whatever wonderful thing takes place. Okay. Now, where does the tithe go? It goes to the storehouse where you are spiritually fed. And when you bring the tithe into the storehouse, when you bring it here, Jesus at the same moment receives it in heaven. Here, mortal men receive tithes, verse 8, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So my friends, Jesus is still receiving the tithe today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now you demonstrate obedience by tithing, but you demonstrate your love by giving. What is an offering? Because an offering is different from the tithe. What is an offering? An offering is anything you give to God beyond your tithe of 10%. That's just as simple as it can be. Anything beyond your tithe of 10% that you give is an offering. Now, here's something that's nice to know. God would never tell you to give something that you don't have. So there's never any need to be tense or uptight concerning the receiving of an offering because God would never tell you to give something you don't have. We see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. You can't give what you don't have. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I remember uh, some years back, Jesse DePlantis was sitting in a meeting uh, decades ago, and the Lord spoke to him in the meeting and said, I want you to give $10,000 in this offering. And he said, oh, Lord, that's all I've got. And the Lord said, that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> so the Lord's never going to ask you for something you don't have. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, when we give an offering, we also need to give cheerfully. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6. 
But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Well, we know that works in agriculture. We know it works in gardening. But Paul is not talking about uh, tomatoes and, uh, you know, all of these wonderful vegetables and things like that. He's talking about the giving of an offering and receiving financial increase. Verse 7, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. In other words, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Praise the Lord. So when we give a, an offering, we should do so with a cheerful heart. Now, we're going to bring the tithes into the storehouse of the Lord today, and I want you to be prayerful about a special offering for Resurrection Sunday morning, Passover Sunday morning, which is, um, let's see here. Wow, we're getting so close. It's April the 9th. Praise God. So on April the 9th, that is Resurrection Sunday morning, I would like for you, under the leading of the Holy Spirit, to, of course, honor God with your tithe, but I would like for you to give a special Resurrection Sunday offering. And there's a reason for this. And it, this is universally understood that, that we take one day of the year where we commemorate the day when God gave His very best. And what we do in return on that day is that we give our best to God as well. So on that day, God gave us Jesus and Jesus shed his blood on Calvary and died and paid the penalty for our sins. So we can be saved and go to heaven by putting our faith and trust in him. And so on Sunday morning, he came up out of the grave was resurrected. Praise the Lord forever. God gave his best. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a seraphim or cherubim. He sent his one and only son. And now, because God sowed his best, sowed his son, now God has many sons and daughters. Now God has a very, very large family that we are a part of. So because God gave his best on that one day, we give our best. And I would ask that you would go before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to sow my Passover resurrection Sunday morning seed. Lord, what should I do? What offering should I sow? Husbands and wives come into agreement. Talk it over. Um, if, you're, if you're single, uh, go before the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do? And whatever the number is that God would give to you, just go ahead and obey the Lord, and the Lord will bless you really, really good. Your special offerings, like, like this one that we're going to receive on Resurrection Sunday morning, these are what uh, allows us to move forward into greater measures of spreading and sharing the gospel and building up those that are already in the faith. Because once you get saved, you got to put the word of God into people, praise the Lord, so that they can walk in victory. And that is the job of the fivefold ministry to edify and build up God's people, build up the church. Woo, praise God. So thank you for your special Passover resurrection offering. Now the day is April the 9th. I would like for you to get it in either on that day or anytime before that day is fine. All I would ask is that you would do your best. God gave his best. So we're going to take that one day and we're going to give our best to the Lord as well. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is all over uh, this offering. He is all over it. The anointing is all over it. So you're, you're sowing a seed. You're giving an offering. But it is a seed offering. And God is going to bless you with the increase and with the miracle breakthrough that you need. Praise God. All right. So let's pray. And let's bring the tithes in now. And I want you to be praying about your special your special resurrection offering. 
Okay. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. I pray you bless your people. I thank you that right now you're speaking that number to them of what the offering should be, which is beyond, which is not the tithe. It's separate. It, it's, it's above the tithe. It's an offering. And I thank you, Father God, that they're going to obey you and that you're going to bless them and you're going to take them to the next level. Mm -mm. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your kingdom principles and we thank you for the privilege of supporting and spreading the gospel around the world. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Now, for those of you that are going to mail in your tithe, and also when it comes time to mail in your special offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring your tithe in online from anywhere in the world, you can do so by going to stephenbrooks.org. That's our website. There's a red heart and it says, give, you can bring your tithe in right there. Now for your special Passover resurrection offering, where you're going to give God your best, click the orange bracket that says projects. And it'll open up and you'll see it. You'll see the one that you can select. It says Passover resurrection offering. Praise God. And you can click that anytime between now and April the 9th, whatever day you want to bring it in on whenever you have it ready and it will go. Uh, you can send it through that online portal and it'll go right into the ministry so that we can continue to do what God has assigned us to do. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, me and Pastor Kelly. We thank God for all of our online members, ministry partners, and those who support this ministry. Oh, hallelujah. We're all pressing with all we can for the Lord. And I'm believing that this is your miracle year. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're blessed. Praise God. And I'll be looking for your special offering. Amen. And praying over it. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump into today's message. We're going to talk about some laser guidance today. Woo. We're going to drop some missiles today. And this is your miracle year. God is working with you to remove all debt out of your life, to get all unpaid bills paid, to get all sickness and disease out of your body, to get you up and running at full speed. Hallelujah. To get any depression, uh, anything negative off of your life so that the glory of the Lord is seen upon you and that the image of Christ is expressed from inside out to others. Amen. Through you. Let's go to Psalm 107 today. Psalm 107. And let's pray. This, this message is going to cause you to have to think uh, on some certain areas. You're going to enjoy this. Psalm 107. Let's pray. Father, as we're going into your word today, we're asking that your word find uh, complete freedom and entrance into our hearts. Just as James in his book said that it's like looking into a mirror. So let us see the reflection and let us make any adjustments that we would need to make so that we're on target. And so that we have anxiety free lives. Ooh, father, thank you for such high levels of living in Jesus. In his name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Woo, praise God. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. How many of you agree with that? God is good. Yes, he's good. For his mercy endures forever. All right, I'm going to get a drink of hot tea real quick before I read verse 2. It's very powerful. Verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I really like that. Boy, that jumped out at me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. My friends, we need to agree with God's redemptive work. We need to understand that at salvation, Jesus transferred us, or you could say he moved us over from the kingdom, the dominion of darkness 
into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's son. So we have been delivered. Praise the Lord. Well, that's wonderful. Pastor Stephen, what do we do about that? We agree with that and we verbalize it and we, we say so. In other words, we speak in agreement with God's word and God's word is what God's word is God's will for our lives. And we want to harmonize with that. And if there would be any kind of other discord in us, we want it out and neutralized. Praise God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about these things today along the lines of saying so. Hmm. I was listening to Dr. Rod Parsley, minister, and he he shared a beautiful example uh, when he got, he was talking about the area of faith a little bit, but he said something that really caught my attention. Of course, he has built uh, that beautiful uh, sanctuary, that tabernacle that he pastors and oversees that sits thousands and thousands of people. But he shared about the challenge that he faced of building that because they had paid the land off and they were going to build this beautiful church building there. But the county officials showed up and said, well, you, you can't build it here. He said, why not? They said, well, this is in the fl what's called a 100 year floodplain. Now, some of you are familiar with that. That means you would own land in an area that's probably never, ever going to flood but there is a remote possibility, maybe only once in a hundred years that there could be a flood. And because of that, you technically can't build here. And so they said the only way that you could build here would be if you just brought in so much dirt, you brought in so much earth and built up, you know, a real high platform and then built on top of that. But you know, you'd have to bring all this dirt in and then compact it super tight. And uh, so they said, you can't build here. So he went out to the property every day, praying, seeking God for wisdom and guidance. And he realized that on the church property, there was another part that was a high part that was not being used. So he realized all of that, all of that dirt on this high, like high heel area, that whole hill could be moved over to this place where God told him the sanctuary was supposed to be built. He said it could all be moved over here and then they could build on top of it. But then again, that's a lot of dirt. So he's standing out there one day and he's speaking to the mountain to move. And a man drove up in an old clunky pickup truck, an old man, an old timer. He had bib overalls on uh, you know, chewing tobacco that he was chewing on. And he uh, drove up and said, uh, saw uh, Dr. Parsley and said, uh, what you doing out here? And Rod Parsley said, I'm speaking to dirt. And the old man was like, what? He said, I'm speaking to dirt. And I'm telling that dirt right there to move over here. Well, the old man got this pickup truck and drove off. And, um, well, that man came back to the property shortly thereafter, and uh, if I'm correct, I believe uh, Pastor Rod Parsley's father was out there. And so that old man goes up and talks to his father and says, um, he says I'm going to move that dirt for him. And Rod Parsley's father says, well, you have to understand something about my son. He, has, he and his church have already paid for all of this land. They don't have any debt on it. So they're not about to go out and finance, you know, like a big earth moving project. They don't have the money to do that. They just paid for the land. So they don't have the money to do that. And the old timer who looked like he had no money, old wore out pickup truck, old wore out bib overalls. The old timer said, well, who said anything about money? He said, I'm going to do it. And that man went out and bought five pieces of heavy earth moving equipment and brought them all in. And he moved that small mountain 
for the church. He moved that land completely over. So here's the thing. Rod Parsley was basically saying, I spoke to dirt and I told it to move and it moved. Woo, praise God. And of course, when you see that amazing church building that is there today, you have to understand that it's sitting, it's sitting about 30 feet higher than what was ever there because before there was like a floodplain. So they built it up like 30 feet, just packing the dirt, packing the dirt, making this big gigantic area, the church, the parking lot, all of this. So, you know, what looks like a church today back, you know, back then was that was just air. You're up in the air. So they had to move all of that dirt, but he did it. Woo. Praise the Lord. Let's drop by the teaching of Jesus just for a moment in the gospel of Matthew, because this really, I believe for many of us is the scripture of the year, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And going into this year, this, this word was just like vibrating in my heart and it still is. That's why when I hear stories like the one that Dr. Parsley told, I'm like, this is just fueling my faith because these are the things I'm eating and devouring because in some ways I've got a little bit of the same challenge. We have, you know, as many of you know, the 14.5 acres out at the airport and we've had about two acres of that land cleared for the future uh, television studio that we're going to build out there. But, you know, for those of you that are out in the country or live in more of a rural environment, you know that when you clear land, uh, all of those trees that were cut down or pushed down or moved, uh, they all pile up. So you have a couple of options. You could just let them lay there and maybe cover it up with dirt, which is not preferred, or you could haul them all out of there. So, um, you know, I've been out to the property a lot over the last month and just looking at that big debris pile, thinking, okay, uh, I need uh, I need to be able to get hired out here, a big giant excavator to grab this stuff, put it in the back of dump trucks, and have them haul it off. Now, the good thing is, is that the landfill, which is where it all can go to, is less than 10 miles away from that property. <laughs> so we've got one really good thing in our corner, but I'm, I'm speaking to that pile. Say, move in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to look at this, you know, because it looks like um, uh, you've got stumps, and you've got trees, you've got stuff all just mixed in. It's the debris pile. Hallelujah. And I want this property looking beautiful. Praise the Lord. So I'm, I've been working on my own faith project in this area. Amen. Hallelujah. Now look at Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, that was why they could not cast the evil spirit out because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, or, you know, whatever it might be. For me, it's a gigantic debris pile, okay? Or it could be a literal mountain, like Dr. Parsley had to deal with, where a mountain of dirt literally had to be moved into the right position. Mm. Could be a mountain of sickness. Could be a mountain of bills. But if, uh, if you believe this is what you do, um, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, See, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let's come in agreement and say what Jesus said. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Praise God. So, yes, I've been out talking to some dirt myself this week. I've been out there talking to this big pile of stuff, saying, you're going to have to move in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. And we can make quick work with it with the heavy machinery. Amen. <laughs> it took some heavy machinery to pile it all up. But phase two is to get the machinery back out there and get it all removed. Then that's really the best way to do it. And that's what I would like to do. Praise God. But again, these are things that we tackle by faith and we put our faith on it. And a big part of that has to do uh, with the redeemed saying so, and not just sitting around looking at it thinking, well, Oh boy, what are we going to do about that? No, we're going to say what we're going to do about it. And God moves by his power. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to Psalm 107 just for a moment. Psalm 107. We were looking at verse uh, one and two, 
But I would like for us now to drop down to verse 19. It says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Now, verse 20 is what I want us to notice. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So God sends the word that you need to illuminate the light because the word in a sense is a light to illuminate the way out, whether it's a form of destruction or whether uh, it's you need healing in your body because disease or sickness has attacked your body. God sends the word that you need. He sent his word and healed them. Well, when God sends the word, what do you do with the word? You believe it, you receive it into your heart. And because you do believe it, then what do you do? You speak it and confess it over that troublesome situation. You put the word as like a heat guided missile, a heat tracking missile, and you launch that word against the mountain, against the whatever it is, the lack, the deficit, or the need, and you shoot that missile into there and let God's word do its work. Now, God's word can be creative. But if needed, God's word can be destructive. God's word can destroy debt. God's word can be very destructive against cancer or lupus or heart disease or whatever it might be. Praise God. But you've got to shoot that missile and fire it out there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we speak the word and we say the word, the word of healing and deliverance. And it could be the word of financial deliverance. Or if it's healing, it could be you speak the word of uh, physical healing. Or we, you could even say financial health, financial healing, what it, whatever it might be, emotional healing. Maybe you had some traumatic events. God can heal your soul. And that doesn't necessarily mean God takes away the memory but what he can do is take away the sting so that even if you have memory, it doesn't do anything. It's, it doesn't have any harmful effects, no trauma or anything like that. You're healed up and it doesn't haunt you or, uh, or trouble you at all. And that's supernatural, absolutely supernatural. And God's able to do it by sending you his word. And then we agree with it and speak it and continue to speak in harmony with that. So keep talking to the sickness, keep talking to the debt, keep launching those word missiles on it, and you will see that those things will dissolve and leave, and they will move. Praise God. You know, it is important. Well, it's not, it's not necessary, but it is important to understand that when you're speaking, things are happening behind the scenes in the, we could call it the invisible realm, uh, but things are going on and I would even go further. Things are actually happening in the physical realm, but they happen on such a small level that, that scientists would call the subatomic level that you can't pick it up with your eyes. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening because I'm telling you what, when you speak, it is taking place. You know, I could take my phone and I can hook it up to my, um, say like my earphones and uh, in order for them to sync together, I have to have the Bluetooth on, uh, turned on on both devices, and I, I and then they'll they'll sync. But the thing is, is I can't see Bluetooth doing anything. I might I may not even understand what it is, but signals are going back and forth, and they are doing what they're supposed to do. They're working even though I can't see it working. And in many ways, this is also what happens in this area of speaking the creative word, which also can be a destructive word, destructive against those things that you want out of your life. You know, there was a, a book written that's been very popular. I think it was written last year and it's called ghost particle neutrinos. And it's very interesting because right now there are over 100 trillion neutrinos that are flying around, even flying through you every single second. And you might think, well, I, I don't know about that, Pastor Stephen. Well, we may not know about it, but they, they are just moving from all over the place. They're 
they're coming from distant galaxies. They scientists say that these neutrinos are created inside of stars. And when they're, especially if there's like a blue Nova explosion, there's like a superpower release of energy, then all of these neutrinos rush throughout the universe, uh, flood everybody on the earth and even go down into the earth. And some of the only ways that scientists can really pick up these neutrinos because nobody's ever seen one, but they have to go about a mile down and set up these uh, these testing instruments, which are gigantic in size, because what happens is a neutrino has never been seen, but it does leave like a, a trace element that lets the scientists know it's been here. One showed up. <laughs> we're, we're talking things that are so, so small, but yet they're everywhere and they're working. And I personally believe that when you speak the word of God, that all of these little things, whether it's quirks or neutrinos, these things are released on a subatomic level. They know for a fact that when the universe was created, they were released. Now they can't explain how it happened. They call it the big bang, which is all silly because the big bang explodes into space but they never talk about who created space. Where does space come from? Okay, so God created it all. We know that because we could read Genesis chapter 1 and we could read the Bible. But they're trying to figure it out and they haven't, you can't without God. But we know and they, they know that there was a, like a flood of these neutrinos released the moment the universe was somehow created. And yes, my friends, there is creative power when God said light be it came into existence. So that's creative power of God's faith releasing, released through words, and it can be released for creativity or if needed to destroy something that needs to be removed that's bad and that is not of God. It can be taken out of our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I, I believe that when we are speaking God's word, we are in harmony and with, with creation, because the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, that all of creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. And the sons of God are the ones that are in faith with God's Word, and we believe all of it. Hallelujah. I don't have any problem with the virgin birth. I believe it. If atheists, even within uh, theological circles want to debate that they can debate it. And, and, and as Paul said, they can be anathema if they don't believe the gospel. But I believe every single bit of the Bible. I believe that God created the earth and all of the heavens and the, the universe. He did the whole thing in six days and he rested on the seventh. And the reason he rested was not because he was tired. He's just setting a good principle for us to live by. Mm -mm. He wanted to look back and enjoy everything that he had done. Praise God. So when you are speaking God's word, you're, you're speaking power and you're also releasing light. This is very fascinating. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. You're sending light into that situation of darkness, that troubling situation. And light is very, very powerful. You know, in Israel, they've had the, the Iron Dome. And the Iron Dome is primarily based out of American technology. I think Raytheon uh, has a lot to do with that. It was a big moneymaker for them because every time Israel fired up a missile to take out a missile shot by Hamas or some terrorist group, every time they're shooting up a missile to knock out the bad guy's missile, uh, you know, that's big money. I can't remember how much each rocket launch cost, but it was a lot of money adding up into millions of dollars very, very quickly. And also the enemy, their plan was to overwhelm the iron dome system. So they wanted to just launch like thousands of missiles all at one time at, uh, you know, Tel Aviv or Israel or, you know, as far as many as they could and try to overwhelm the iron dome where is Israel runs out of uh, iron dome rockets. But uh, Israel is breaking through now with new technology. I have been told that it has been tested. It is effective where now they have a laser that is so powerful that in shoot, instead of shooting a missile up, they fire this laser and this laser shoots the beam of light up and destroys the enemy 
missile. And the catch is, while the Iron Dome missile used to cost like $100,000 just to shoot one up, the, the, the laser that shoots to light that does the same thing but even better and can never be overwhelmed, it does it for five cents. Woo! Praise the Lord. The devil must really be depressed over that one. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God's word is light to us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. Woo! God is light. And we are made in the image of God. His glory can come on you. And when it does, it looks like light. Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 21 is very, very uh, specific. Revelation 21. And verse 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl and the city, the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it for the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated, illuminated it. The lamb is its light. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory, glory. Let me um, share a few things about light. Light is very interesting. Remember God is light and that we're, we're firing off these missiles of creative and destructive power and light. The glory of God is going out and it is touching these areas. First of all, light cannot be grasped or held. You can grab so many things. I can grab the pulpit. You could grab some sand, although that begins to fall out of your hand, but you can't grab light. Light fills all space available to it, but will not invade space closed to it. It's lit up in here, but it's not lit up in one of the side rooms because uh, the light is not getting access into that area. But any place it gets, it'll It'll fill it up with light. Light fills all space available to it. Light can be everywhere at once. Well, Pastor Stephen, how can that be? Well, it is in heaven. And right here, the lights are on here. Are the lights on in your house? Is the light from your tablet or your smartphone? Is that, that's illuminating something. So light can be everywhere at once. Light is never consumed or exhausted by anything in its presence. That's because light dispels darkness. Light is illumination, enabling us to find our way. We saw that in Psalm 119. Light is communication by written words and symbols to our mind. Light is color, revealing incredible beauty around us. Some of the most beautiful colors I've ever seen uh, were in heaven when I had a heavenly experience one time, and the colors to me, they seemed like they were alive. They were so vibrant. I'm always very happy when I see certain colors that are like orange, yellow, tangerine type, energy type colors. Woo, glory to God. Amen. And of course, many more. Uh, light is warmth. It gives comfort. Light is energy, and it produces power. Light is speed, going from here to there in an instant. Light is essential for growth and healing and light fades the further we move from its source. So stay close to the word, stay close to the Lord. But that again, that also means stay close to God's word, which is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. If you get away from the word, you're going to start to get disoriented and you won't know which direction to go in. Praise the Lord. So really, there are no words adequate to describe light itself, only descriptions of what light does. 
John 8 verse 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, thank God. And my friends, we ain't ever getting away from Jesus. We're going to stay in the light continually. Now let's go a little bit further with this. Speaking the word, speaking the light, releasing the light, releasing the power. We need to be able to do so very accurately, and we need to do it also consistently. That's where you get the results at. Keep bombarding. Keep bombarding. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That target area, okay, uh, keep bombarding it. Praise the Lord. And it's going to move. It's going to move. I do think, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I do think we have to be very, very precise in this. We don't want collateral damage. Mm-mm. We don't want um, uh, casualties like they can have in war where uh, they call it friendly fire. Maybe some of the good guys were taken out, unfortunately. We want to be accurate, very, very accurate in this area because uh, think about it. Think about a laser, the one that the Israelis are going to be using, the power. Uh, You don't want to mis-aim that because if it'll destroy, if if, if it will vaporize that incoming missile, It's going to vaporize anything else that goes across its path. So we want to be aware of these types of realities. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 17. Ephesians 1 verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him or in the knowledge of Jesus. Okay, God wants you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You need to ask God for that because when the spirit of wisdom and revelation is on your life, you ask accurately your words, what you're pursuing or what you're trying to move or what you're trying to do is governed with accuracy and you're on it consistently. But if you're on the wrong target, oh, It's actually dangerous. Let me say this. If you target something God didn't tell you to target, you actually become a target. I want to say it again. If you target something God didn't tell you to target, you will become a target. I mean, now you've gotten off on something, and now the enemy can, like, try to make a hit on you, so he's targeting you. You want to be very precise with your missiles, where you're firing them, what you're focused on, what your target is. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's the big deal? I'll, I'll, I'll be very candid what the big deal is. Many Christians actually don't know what they want. They say they do, but the reality, and I've seen it. I've seen it in my life, and I've seen it uh, like, like what you would call critical moments where you now must respond precisely with what it is you're wanting to do. And they, under moments like that, they really don't know. They really don't know what they want. And and we've been programmed through religious tradition. Here's what Christians do. Well, now, brother, what would you like? What, What do you want? Well, well, Pastor Steve, whatever God wills, whatever God wants, well, that's not, that's not an answer. That's like a, you're dodging the question. What do you want? Well, now again, Pastor Stephen, whatever God wants, whatever God wills. Okay, how come you don't do that in the Chick-fil-A line? You pull up in the Chick-fil-A line, and the lady says, it's my pleasure to serve you. What would you like today? Well, whatever God wants, whatever God wills, she's going to say, well, uh, I can't take your order. Well, I want you to take my order, but whatever God wants. She doesn't know what you want. And God also is going to work with you based on what you want. Now, we want it surrendered to his lordship. We want it to be within his will. But you're going to have to get that dialed in, or else you're going to be firing off verbal word missiles all over the place, and you don't even really know what you're supposed to be sending out. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you have, you have to be accurate with these things. And really the way that you come into that is through the spirit of wisdom and revelation of Jesus in the knowledge of Jesus resting on you. Because trust me, if you, if you could step out of your body for 10 seconds with your, your spirit, step out of your body and your body still stayed right here. And you said, Jesus, 
uh, you step into me for 10 seconds and take over at least for 10 seconds and I'll just do whatever I'll, I'll continue to do whatever you establish if Jesus stepped into you for 10 seconds and begin to operate he could probably fix so many things and and align you accurately that you you could probably now set sail for the next five years and be on target just by what he did in 10 seconds look he wants you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him in the knowledge of Jesus because you know Jesus knows what to do you could take Jesus and blindfold him bring him to earth blindfold him and take him anywhere you want it Let's take, take him, take him to Somalia and drop him off in Somalia and say, well, I know he's going to fail now because he's over in Somalia. Nobody can make it in Somalia. Oh, you come back in three months. He's working it. He's working it. He's still alive. Things are working. He started a church. Oh, uh, uh, miracles are happening. You can't hold him down. There are men and women of God in Zimbabwe, Somalia that rise up in the most difficult uh, adversarial circumstances and they are thriving. We can't be sitting back making excuses for anything. There is a way forward every single time and you have to release firepower on the things that God wants you to target. And a lot of people they are all over the place. They're all over the place and they have never really dialed in kingdom targets with great accuracy. Oh, I watched Dr. Peter Daniels uh, uh, minister one time. Now, when I say minister, he's not like what you would call an apostle or prophet. He's, he is a spirit-filled Christian businessman, multi-billionaire. So he knows real estate really, really well. He knows what it takes to go from the bottom to the top because he used to be an illiterate bricklayer, couldn't read, couldn't write, but he heard Billy Graham preach the gospel and he got saved. And when he got saved and began to read the Bible, the Lord began to work with his mind, just like he does with all of us. And the Lord led him to study his word and also the biographies of great people who accomplished great things. And it began to bring inspiration. He was drawing faith from the word. And before you knew it, he took off, established multiple businesses. He had some failures, some setbacks, overcame those things, paid back bills where a business went wrong on him. He had a shoe polish business and the person or the company manufacturing the shoe polish uh, didn't tell him, but they were, uh, they were having financial difficulties. So the ingredients were not right. And the shoe polish was a disaster. It was actually harming people's shoes. So that went, you know, that went kaplunk. Then he had to pay back all of his investors on that. He did eventually. But he kept moving forward and found this niche and shot up from there. Praise the Lord. But I've seen him. I've seen him work with people, uh, with Christians. And he, he's done it uh, in the secular arena. And people would pay thousands of dollars to watch him do this. But, you know, the last 10 years he began to go to a lot of churches and share some of the things the Lord taught him about kingdom success. And I watched one time almost like grimacing when he worked with four Christians. He just pulls four random Christians out of the audience in a church. And by the way, the church was a really good church with an excellent pastor ministering the word constantly to these people. So these are people that technically know the word spirit filled church and should really know the word. So he randomly just invites four people to come up on the platform and they all come up They're They're uh, like maybe like once 30, a couple of them are 40, maybe uh, one of them's 50 and they each take their seat and he says, okay, I want to ask you some questions. And he got a big chalkboard. He, uh, it's not a chalkboard, but a big board to get right on. He said, we're going to do something here. And I want to, I want to teach something to you for, and to everybody who's watching. And he starts asking questions and he's asking them basically, what is it that you want in life and how much money do you need to accomplish it? So he starts taking them through this and immediately he starts running into their inability to answer questions. What do you want in life? 
Well, see, now they're on the spot. And TV cameras are watching. And all of these people in the audience are watching them. And he's saying, what do you want in life? Well, uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think I'd like, uh, and then they go total blank. Go total blank. And you, these are things you have got to get ironed and settled out. One guy was getting real nervous. It kind of makes you almost like squirmy to watch it because you realize, you realize they, they don't know what they want in life. They, they want to be blessed, but they can't identify what it means to be blessed. And so one guy, he's getting, he's getting like totally flustered because he can't come up with anything. And Peter Daniel said, I'm not letting you off the hook. You've been on this planet for over 40 years and you still can't figure out what you want. I'm not letting you off the hook. You're going to have to give me four things. We're going to, we'll sit here all day if we have to. <laughs> so that, that's the way he is. Woo. Very, very interesting to watch. And so he finally comes up with four things. Uh, 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 I want real estate. Uh, I want, I want a savings. And I, so he finally creates four things. And, uh, and so, but then, then he's lost on the next segment. He doesn't know what to do after that. Neither did any of the others. So here's the thing. When you're speaking, you have to be launching precision guided prosperity missiles, precision guided health missiles. Well, Pastor Steve and I, I believe in prosperity, but what's prosperity to you? I believe in increase or I could give you a nickel and suddenly you've had it. You've had increase. Now God's answered you to prayer. Now go find something else to do. No, I'm believing for increase. Well, I, I, you know, quantify that. What do you mean by that? I believe for healing. Well, what does that mean? Well, just, you know, it be able to get around in my wheelchair. Okay. How about get off the oxygen tank and leave the wheelchair behind and get up, walk around like normal. Did you know that 25, I've been told, I, I don't say I could be real, but they say it is 25% of America's uh, of Americans are on antidepressant medicine. I'm like, how in the world can that be? Cause when I walk around, I don't, I mean, I see people, obviously they're dealing with things and stuff like that, but really 25% of all Americans are on antidepressant uh, medicine. Wow. How about getting off that completely? Praise the Lord. God, God wants you walking in the covenant. What's that? Health. He wants you walking in the covenant of health. Praise the Lord. Woo. Amen. Amen. So you have to be very, very accurate in these areas because, because most people don't know what they want. Praise the Lord. And you have to know why. So you can create the right thing. So you can vaporize the wrong thing. Mm. Pastor Stephen, poverty is holy. Really? Uh, I wouldn't be, you're not going to catch me saying that because I'm actually trying to blow up poverty. I'm trying to vaporize poverty. I don't want any trace element of lack anywhere in my life. Praise God. God's done an amazing job. Praise the Lord. But I, I want to speak the right words, build the right thing up. Praise the Lord. And if there's any spiritual strongholds, any fortresses of the mind that are wrongly built, I want those torn down completely. I want it raised to the ground. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! What happens if you get into stuff that God has not assigned to you? Suddenly, anxiety begins to come up because now you've, you've created this, whether it's a Ishmael or, or something like that. Now you're like, oh, we, we created this. What do we do? Uh, you can't get rid, rid of everything now. Ishmael's here. He's hanging out till he's a full-grown man. He's going to really cause you a lot of problems. I hope you understand grace really well and patience really well. Okay, so we want to be accurate. Speak the right things. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Very quickly, one more scripture from the book of Job. If you need a job, the book of Job is a miracle book. Hallelujah. Mm. I've never met one person yet who did not have a job that I told them if you get into the book of Job, because it's spelt the same way, by the time you get through reading the whole book, and you need to get to the end, because that's where the really good part is at, God will begin to unlock a miracle job, a miracle Job for you. Praise God. I was just in San Antonio, Texas, preaching after the service, after the three sessions were over, a man and his wife came to me and the husband, very sweet couple. The husband said, Pastor Stephen, 
I watch you on YouTube all the time. I listen to all your messages. And he said, I've taken your principles and your teachings and I've applied them in my life. And he said, I did that on purpose to, to catch a dream job. I said, well, what did you catch? He said, SpaceX. Amen. So he is a department head at SpaceX. And I would agree and say he called himself a dream job. Amen. Woo. Praise God. If you need a job, get into the book of Job. Something from heaven will come on you. Amen. See, it says, if you read the book of Revelation, you will receive a blessing. If you read the book of Job, you'll receive a job. Mm -mm. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Job chapter 22, verse, verse 21. Now acquaint yourself with him. That would be God and be at peace. Thereby, good will come to you. By the way, if you acquaint yourself with the devil and live in sin, you're in for a rough time. Mm. All right, verse 22. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. That's important. Get any twisted way of a living out of your life. Get any habitual sin out of your life. Get iniquity out of your life. Then you will, then, then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. That's a very uh, interesting verse. It would take me some time to break that down because... It, it's got a Hebraic meaning. It's got an old meaning. But let me basically say this is what it means. Let me read it again. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook. Uh, excuse me, the stones of the brooks. Hallelujah. What, what is being instructed here is for the man that has a lot of gold, a lot of mineral wealth, is to be careful. There is a thing called gold fever. And that gold fever bites you. Your world now revolves around gold. So he's basically saying, get away from iniquity, get back close to God, and then lay your gold in the dust. Or the gold of Ophir, take it and put it in the stones over here in the wadi or the ravine. Get it away from you so your head can clear. Stop looking at your stocks all the time. Stop counting your gold all the time. Stop staring at all of your silver coins and counting them over and over and over again. Get that stuff away from you and get, get your focus back on the Lord. There's nothing wrong with having these things, but if they have you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because it will clog up your ability to hear from God. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. That's what happens when you, when you put it away from being a distraction. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him and He will hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing. Did you catch that? You. Yes. You will also declare a thing. If you don't have a job, you will declare, I'm getting my dream job in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just talked to a person also just a few days ago. They were in the process of purchasing a home. They had uh, put forward everything that the bank required. All the financing is in order. The wife has a great job. He had a great job, and they're getting real close to the close. And... Right there at the end, the company that he worked for called him and said, we have to let you go. So I think there was obviously a lot of jealousy where people were jealous of him because uh, he was a great guy. Didn't do anything wrong, but nevertheless, they squirmed and found a way for him to, to get him out. And he put his trust in the Lord and he came home and he was like, Lord, this happened at the worst possible time. But Lord, I trust you and I give you praise. That same day, later that same day, he got a phone call and was given an offer for a job that was better and paid more money. Can you believe that? I'm telling you, get in the book of Job and God will give you a job. Mm -mm. Woo! God's a miracle worker. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. And when you're in the word and the spirit of wisdom and revelation is on you, you're not going around declaring something that God 
is not in harmony with. And the angels are scratching their head thinking, what in the world is she proclaiming that for? That's, that's the opposite direction of where God wants to take her. Or the angels are saying, well, we know God wants him to go this way, and God's got a good plan. Well, boy, he's being stubborn. He's still pulling over here because there's something, something in his flesh nature that still wants to go this way, and it's also affecting him speaking the wrong things. Praise God. My friends, get in the Word. Speak the Word. And if you mess up, you make a mistake because we all are human. Just say, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me. Forgive me. And then just say, it'll be okay. Everything will be okay. And get right back on the positive and pull up out of any negative. Praise God. I'm telling you, friends, God, God cannot be in the presence of a praiseless environment. He cannot be in the presence of an environment of a depression. You have to bring in the praise. You have to speak the word. Amen. Speak forth the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And speak into those targeted areas. And then suddenly, suddenly, it's like, boom, the mountain was moved. The answer has come. The breakthrough has come. The disease has vanished. And the doctor says, we can't find it. We can't find it on the screen. We've got to rerun the test. They rerun them, and it's still not there. And you know that God did it. You know that God did it. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for everyone that's watching today, that as they're launching these mighty missiles, that their missiles be accurate, and they be released with faith and praise and joy. I thank you, Father. This is the year of great breakthroughs. It's happening now. We give you all of the praise, all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I see you as like, I see like a pad site, and I see you as a missile launcher. Praise God. Even as in Israel now, they're taking those, those uh, machines, and they're, those lasers, and they're getting them ready. Amen. But they're on the platform. I see you ready to launch some things out, speaking with great power. And even as it says, you will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. Hallelujah. Some of you need to rise up and say, in the name of Jesus, I declare I'm debt free. I believe in supernatural uh, debt elimination. Praise God. And I call all of my debts paid off to the glory of God. You need to stand up and declare a thing. Even if you're sick and the, those symptoms are in your body, stand up. I declare God's healing power is working in my body right now. I will live and serve God all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Mm. Pastor Stephen, what is that edge? What is that bite? It's called the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. Amen. Woo, let it come out of you right now. Praise God. All right. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can get your ticket stamped for heaven today. You can get all your sins washed away and you can get your name written in the book of life. Because if it's not there, you're not getting in. Nobody gets in into heaven without their name being written in the book of life. That's Revelation chapter 22. It's still in the Bible. Mm -mm. Woo, I want to see it real quick. It's so good. I want to see it with my own eyeballs. Praise the Lord. Actually, it's Revelation 21. Revelation chapter 21. Let's see what it says here. Verse 25, its gates shall not be shut at Shut it all by day, there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. If your name's not there, pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you completely. All of it. My money. My marriage, my family, my life, I surrender to you now. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away and give me your new life. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And step into my life today and lead me and guide me. From this day forward, in your name I pray. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And amen. Woo, glory to God. Well, I think we should take Holy Communion.
If you are a Christian and Jesus is your Lord, you can take communion. Amen. So let's do that right now. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab a little wafer, a little piece of bread, a little cracker. Okay. And grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we set it apart right now as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O God, for the spirit of faith. We thank you, O God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As we receive the heavenly meal, we thank you, O God, that your word is alive in us. And it is our food. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus washing away all of our sins, keeping us in right standing with you. We thank you, Father, if anyone has sinned against us, we forgive them and we move on in you. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise for the mighty miracles that you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Father God, that as we speak in harmony with your word, all of creation is, is sinking with the sons of God, the children of God, the daughters of God. We thank you, O God, that even creation is working. I thank you, Father, we're very, very close to the moment when all the tricks and all the schemes and all the underhanded crookedness that those of wickedness do to defraud honest people, it's going to begin to dry up for them. And in desperation, in back rooms, they'll say, it's not working for us anymore. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is moving, that you are moving and angels are being released and that the wealth of the sinner is being moved into the possession of the righteous for the propagation, the preaching of the gospel to all nations. Father, we give you all the praise. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, my friends, don't forget about Passover, Resurrection Sunday, April the 9th. Sow your best seed. Believe God for a miracle. Speak over your seed and say, this is my miracle seed, and God is going to give me a miracle harvest. Amen. Do your best. God gave his best, and I'll be praying over your special offering. Please endeavor to get it in either on that day or any time before. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Bye-bye.